0: I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Well, as of this recording, the state of the U.S. election is unknown, and we are all collectively waiting, holding our breath, maybe feeling really vigilant and just refreshing, refreshing results over and over maybe kind of spacing out and thinking about other things, doing something else. But we're waiting. The way that we wait, the way that we handle the unknown, the way that we react to or respond to stressors that are somewhat outside of our control is such a hardwired thing for many of us. I've been thinking a lot about this lately, specifically the way that our body automatically responds. We all have these like body scripts, these ways of digesting to or reacting to stress that are deeply encoded. They're automatic processes that for some of us have some genetic loading, for some of us were built or determined by things that happened to us all throughout our lives. The autonomic nervous system is the way that the body works together to create a response to stress. Of course, we have the sympathetic nervous system, which is what gets alert. It's that fight or flight system that many of us are very aware of. You've learned about it, thought about it, especially if you've thought very much about stress reactions. That's the elevated heartbeat, the fast breathing, the muscle tension, all the things that go along with the, okay, hurry up, I have to escape or run from something. And then we also have the parasympathetic nervous system. That's the thing that brings us back to homeostasis, the thing that calms us down, that signals within the body all as well, no need to fight or fly or run or retreat. It's okay to go back to homeostasis, to a, a situation of relative calm. The thing that I've been thinking about lately, and and this is in some way a response to a training that I um, did looking at somatic systems within the body and how to access them within therapy, is the ways that we tend to really focus on those arousal symptoms, the fight or flight, the stress symptoms, and aren't always very aware of the kind of dissociative or spacing out detaching symptoms or reactions, not really symptoms, reactions that go along with stress. So this is the numbing out that a lot of us do. This is the detach. This is the stress eat or the Netflix and chill. It's the ways in which our body is overwhelmed by the amount of stress. And goodness, there's no judgment about that. There's been so much stress and unknown this year. But when the body is overwhelmed, it stops doing fight or flight and moves into a numbing or a detachment. If you think about this in an animal, imagine the the gazelle on the savannah and The lioness is coming. She's coming for her dinner. Of course, the gazelle first is going to run. It's the fight or flight response. But say this gazelle is a little bit injured or a little bit tired or a little bit weak, and the lioness makes contact, takes down the gazelle. One thing the animals will almost always do when confronted with, you know, an impending immediate threat is is freeze. They just kind of roll over, play dead. They are anticipating death. So in some ways, their body is just going into pain management mode and gets kind of flooded with 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 numbing, with detachment. So if that situation gets really dire for that gazelle, it's going to get cold. Its heart rate's going to slow down. It's going to be very still. It's not the fight or flight response, but it's the deep freeze that goes along with Detachment in preparation for impending death. So if the lioness gets distracted, if something threatens her cubs or, you know, there's some other kerfluffle there on the savanna, the lioness goes away, the gazelle is still living in that cold detached place for a minute until it recognizes, okay, the threat has subsided. It's okay for the parasympathetic system to come back online and bring the gazelle back to activation enough to run away. And then hopefully, eventually, as soon as the gazelle is safe, it comes down and sort of, you know, resumes life with the herd. So in a lot of the conversations that I've had this week, and I guess this year, really, it's clear that a lot of us are, have that detached, numb dissociate encoding in our bodies. It's not really a conscious choice. It's just something that our bodies remember. It's a way that our bodies are responding to threat that, that's overwhelming or stress that's overwhelming. And I tend to focus a lot on that fight or flight arousal, right? That's the thing that, that I, as a trauma psychologist, am taught to pay a lot of attention to and help people come back to a place of relative calm by helping them calm down what's happening in their bodies, in their systems. But I think, you know, largely through some of the somatic training that I've been doing, I'm newly aware of the dangers of the numbing response. You know, it feels good to be there. It feels good to be detached. It it feels safer for our bodies to, to kind of disengage from the stress, to shut down a little bit. And I think it's, it's, not, it's not wrong, right? It's not a bad strategy. It works super well, especially um, when we are confronted with an overwhelming source of stress. But I do think it presents some dangers in the long run. When our bodies learn to dwell in that place of cold detachment, we are habituating or getting used to a kind of pseudo deadness which I'm going to argue is kind of bad for humanity and bad for us as individuals. And I, I don't mean, hey, wake up and go read the news and get all upset and activated and get your sign and go march on the street. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being awake to the ups and downs of our own emotion. I'm talking about feeling into the places of overwhelm. I'm talking about being really alive and aware to how our bodies are responding to the things that are happening around us. So one of the things that I've been really working with people on is being able to recognize what reaction their body is having in any given moment. Is it hot? Is it fast? Is it stressed? Is it fight or flight? Or is there some coldness, deadness, numbness because those two reactions require different kinds of solutions, but of course you can't do anything about it if you don't recognize it, if you don't notice what's happening. And if you are so used to being numb and detached, again, it might be quite comfortable there, but it's over the long term that it becomes Problematic, problematic to your ability to be present and focused, problematic to relationships, problematic to your own engagement with your life and with yourself in the way that, you know, most of us want to be as healthy, integrated, aware, alert, calm human beings. I recognized this sense of detachment in myself the other day when um, I was riding in the car with Rob and with a friend and the conversation veered into to really tricky territory. The conversation veered into something that I was that I was actually really upset by. But rather than feel anger or like, hey, stop talking about this, or I don't like this, I don't agree with this, rather than have any kind of active reaction, I looked out the window and just kind of spaced out. It was like I'd left, left the car, left the situation, left the conversation completely. And sure, in that moment, maybe that's an okay reaction. No need to get in an argument or get all feisty about something. But I was really struck by how completely I just kind of was like, well, I'm not engaging this and, and really fully detached. And generally speaking, as a human, that's not the way that I'd like to show up. I'd like to be able to be very calm and alert and centered And when the conversation turns into something that I have a big reaction to, to be able to say, huh, I'm having a big reaction to this. Like, I feel kind of upset or I feel kind of angry. I don't don't like the way this is going. And be present to it rather than detach or dissociate. I feel like we're all struggling to do that right now. I'm struggling to do it. I know a lot of people around me are struggling to do it, to stay present to stay focused, to stay in the conversation when, frankly, we're exhausted from it, to stay in the details of our lives when, my goodness, like, let's just have a break from it all. And I think the thing that I would say is it takes deep practice to recognize whether you're having a hot fight or flight response when you're overwhelmed or whether you're having kind of a cold, detached, numb-out response So number one is notice. Notice what's happening in your body when you're reaching this place of overwhelm. Like I just can't take any more of this news. I just can't take any more of this conversation. I just can't take any more of my kids arguing. I just can't take any more of this coronavirus situation. Notice what happens when you reach that point. And rather than give in to that physiological feeling, intentionally stay fully on board, stay fully alert, stay fully engaged, but intentionally choose how you want to bring your system back to homeostasis. So maybe that is some deep breathing. If you're feeling that high anxiety spike, or if it's that cold detachment, maybe it is something that helps you to feel awake or engaged. It's a vigorous walk. It's a workout. It's the acknowledgement of like, hey, it's actually really hard for me to stay in this conversation right now. I kind of want to detach. I don't want to be like that, but that's what's happening. So maybe we can have this conversation in a different way. When our reaction, our process is automatic, when it's coming from our autonomic nervous system, our body is going to do its thing without permission, without submitting a memo. It's just going to do its thing. And that's where our mind, our higher consciousness, our capacity for self-reflection is so helpful because we can observe what our body is doing and then choose a counterbalancing response. Choose a way to stay engaged, stay alert, stay present, even to the difficulty and neither spike in anxiety or numb out. I'm recording this on Thursday, November 5th at 1.30 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. So I don't know how the world will be different by the time that you hear this, but whether or not the union stands as it is, our bodies will still be facing this fundamental biological challenge of how to react to overwhelm. And we as humans have this unique ability slash challenge to shape that physiological reaction in some ways. So regardless of what's happening with the chaos of the world, work on mastery of your own inner union, work on noticing your own chaos, your own detachment, and finding productive and safe ways to help your body work through the overwhelm and come back to a place of present engagement. Not easy, but not impossible. It must be done with some intention. It must be on purpose if you want to reset the default settings. You have more curiosity about this. This training that I did in terms of working with these body processes was by innate path. So innatepath.org. It's a clinic in Colorado that's using some interesting combination of medicine and therapy to try to help people access and reset some of those autonomic default settings. So anyway, happy to put that forth as a resource to the community. And it's something that I'm working on both in myself and being able to provide to the entrepreneurs that I work with this extra set of regulatory capacity that helps us be fully present in our bodies. Take good care. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast.